Hey, Voices of Distilling listeners. Let's talk about a little something that's at the core of every distillery. I'm talking about yeast. Not just any yeast. I'm talking about the brand of yeast from AB Biotech, Pinnacle Distillers Yeast. Now, you and I both know that yeast is the unsung hero of distilling. It's not just about science. They believe in being partners in fermentation. They've got expertise across the board. Whether you're all about wine, a beer enthusiast, or like us, a fanatic for distilled spirits, they're part of the story your distillery is writing, part of the community that is pushing for the best and always eager to help you reach new heights with solutions and technical services that you need. So why settle for just any yeast when you can ferment with the best? Elevate your distilling game. Make Pinnacle Distillers Yeast your partner in fermentation today. From the heart of America to the corners of the globe, welcome to Voices of Distilling, powered by the American Distilling Institute. Unearth the stories, the passion, and the faces behind every drop. Dive deep into the world where tradition meets innovation with me, your host, Ronnell Richards. Let's tap into the spirit of distilling where every voice is unique, but the heart remains the same. Let the journey begin. Welcome back to Voices of Distilling. My name is Ronnell Richards and I am your host. And today I am joined by this wonderful gentleman who just had an 11 hour flight from London. I'm joined by Malcolm McClellan of Isle of Wight. How are you doing, Malcolm? Are you recovered yet? No. <laughs> it's going to take a week to recover because I've got an 11 hour flight back again tomorrow. Uh, and, and I'm only here to talk to you. <laughs> now, I feel honored. So Malcolm just, he flew 11 hours to talk to me. And uh, so we better make it worth it. We better make, yeah, it, right. we make it worthwhile. So I understand, before we get into this, did this beautiful bottle just um, won some awards. Can you tell us about that? That helps. We're in the ADI, this year we've got seven golds and two silvers. Wow. Um, one of the golds for... One of the SKUs, the Zest, best in category. The rest of them are, are presentation and packaging. Um, and you can see why. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so my question to you is, you're just trying to take all the awards? Is that it? Like you didn't leave any awards for anyone else or hogging the I, awards? I, I did get two silvers, which is, uh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> all right. Seven golds, two silvers. Okay. Um, so I've got a, I always like to start the show with a little known distilling fact. <laughs> little known to me. Now you may know it, um, but I want to test you. I'm going to see if you know this, this, this little known fact. Okay. Our fact for you, Malcolm. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Well, let's go with, since you are, well, I'm thinking about maybe doing something with American whiskey to kind of maybe. What? Mm, we don't make American whiskey. I know you don't. That's why. <laughs> That's what I, I want to stop you. I know you. nothing about American whiskey. <laughs> mm, Move on. Mm, okay, here's a simple one. <laughs> All right. Here's a simple one. Did you know this? Did you know that during Prohibition in the U.S., again, since you you don't make American whiskey in the U.S., did you know that 
Some whiskeys were sold as medicinal whiskey with doctor's prescriptions. Did you know that? I have heard that. Okay. Is that yeah. surprising to you? Uh, it's a good way around it. Yeah. Well, that's right, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the way they got around it back during Prohibition is and, through. Uh, so, so doctors were really popular. And there is, there is talk that um, in moderation, of course, any spirit is good for you because it makes you feel better. Makes me feel better. Absolutely. So uh, I want to get into your your distilling story. So you're the sales director, right? I am. Tell me how you got into this business. My background is in the international hotel business. Worked around the world for 30 odd years in resort hotels. You met Conrad. Uh, He was a winemaker on the island for 30 years. The other partner is Xavier Baker, who was a brewer, mm. an English brewer. A little bit of, in Ireland, we used to meet once a week for a, a couple of beers and just as friends. And then one day, Zav said, why don't we make Isle of Wight whiskey? Never been done before. There's never been a distillery on the Isle of Wight. We're a tiny little island right off the south coast of England, out in the Channel. And after much toing and froing, we actually came, Conrad and I came to the ADI in Seattle back in, I think it was 2014. Mm-hmm. Picked up a bit of knowledge, talked to a couple of still manufacturers, bought a little still, um, and started distilling whiskey, just the three of us. I very quickly discovered it's not as easy as you think. <laughs> and then you've got to leave it in the UK. You've got to leave it in the barrel for three years before you can call it whiskey. Mm-hmm. So we sort of morphed into making gin. We had the stills. Zav, being a brewer, knows all about botanicals and, and, and blends and scents and tastes. So on the 1st of August 2015, we did our first commercial distillation of mermaid gin, mm-hmm. a London dry gin, the one that's now in this blue bottle. And that week we sold six bottles locally. Mm-hmm. So eight years ago last week, we started proper gin manufacturing. Uh, this year, by the end of 23, 24, if you include the big ones, bigger ones for America, little ones around the world, presently in 39 countries and wow. approaching a million wow. a year, 12,500 a week currently. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, the first thing to say is it wasn't actually planned like that. We, we made Momaid to subsidize the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight and a half years later, never sold a bottle of whiskey yet. Can't make <laughs> enough. Okay. Wow. That mm. is... Um, that's something that, that that's that just is really typical of the entrepreneurial journey, right? Like you set out to do one thing, thing and you find another opportunity and that opportunity ends up being what well, leads they, you to your success. They say the best companies in the world have started in a bar on the back of a napkin. Yeah. And that happened to us twice. We were in a bar when we decided to start the Isle of Wight distillery in the first place. The game changer. Um, the liquid is good and has always been good, and that's the key. Mm-hmm. But the main game changer globally was actually the bottle design. Mm. 
um, we sketched out, we, we had a, a stock bottle to begin with, didn't have any traction, it wasn't eye-catching enough, people buy with their eyes, and yeah. it didn't do enough. Very good locally, because it was Isle of Wight, south coast of England, and didn't do any good anywhere else. Um, I went to Berlin to a trade show, took the old bottle, made a lot of friends that loved the liquid, didn't sell one. So we adjourned back to our bar in Ride on the Isle of Wight and sketched out the rudiments of that bottle. Mm -hmm. Taller, uh, shaped, flange on the top, scaled like a mermaid, yeah. colored like the oceans. Yeah, it's beautiful. Gave it to a, a bottle designer. They came up with the design in 2017. Mm -hmm. We couldn't get it manufactured then in the UK because it's too complicated. So it's actually made in Italy. Oh, wow. By Vetro Elite, who are exhibiting here. Mm -hmm. um, they made the first ones and they've been making them for us ever since. Then we expanded the range to uh, include a savory vodka, a salt vodka, um, a strawberry gin and a zest gin, zest being bergamot, grapefruit and lemon. And those three you see in the little ones are the ones that are available across the States. Okay. Vodka and our spiced rum is the subject of ongoing discussions. Really? People that believe they own the copyright okay. trademark. Anyway, okay. apart from that, the three are going very well. We have a great collaboration with Total Wines across the States. Mm -hmm. So... I figure that was the best way of introducing it to the American market. And mm -hmm. it, it's proving right. It's going very, very nice. Well, that's amazing. And um, yeah, I can't wait to try all of these expressions here. And you know, what I want to ask you is, I mean, you've experienced some tremendous growth in the last eight years mm -hmm. and a lot of success. If you were to go back to <laughs> when you guys started eight years ago <laughs> and provide some advice, because you know, there's someone out there that is you right now that's about to get into this. What would that advice be, that one piece of sage advice you'd tell yourself? Don't. Don't? <laughs> they say you learn by your mistakes, and yeah. boy, have we learned by our mistakes. When you're growing that quick, unplanned, yeah, um, yeah you, you learn as you go. And, and the trick to it is actually you never lose sight um, of your starting principle quality of product, quality mm. of presentation, most importantly, the quality of the team. We've got a great team around us now. We employ 40-odd people, um, most of them on the Isle of Wight, and, and a few salespeople dotted around the world, mm -hmm. but most of them on the Isle of Wight, and they are the key to it all. So, okay, there's two things that I pulled out of that. First, you know, it's, it's this this industry's gotten quite competitive. You know, when ADI started mm. 20 mm. years ago, there were 250, and just in the United States, there were 250 distillers. Now there are over 2,500. Yeah. Um, so I think when when you get into competitive environments, people tend to cut corners. Yeah. They tend to try to do things to cut their expenses. And what I'm hearing from you is that that core principle of focusing on quality is has been paramount to your success. Would you agree? Absolutely, and, and the continuing success. If, if we guarantee the quality of the, of the bottle, the packaging, which is 100% plastic free, I might add, mm. almost uniquely, including the seal at the top, 
Um, you don't compromise on that. You don't compromise on the quality of the liquid. We could mass produce it much cheaper than we do, but it would change the nature of it, so we don't. We could probably get the bottles made much cheaper elsewhere in the world, mm -hmm. but again, it would change the quality, so we don't. Okay. Um, and yes, it is a more expensive product than most, but that actually isn't such a bad thing. Yeah. So we, we would rather not cut corners, just try and do what we do a little bit better and more professional. Mm -hmm. Streamlining. We're yeah. getting the benefits of economies at scale, and mm -hmm. that's really all that we're after. Now, you also mentioned about the quality of your team. Like This is mm -hmm. something that so many of us are struggling right now, finding good people. How do mm -hmm. you do it? What's your secret? Uh, very, we're very lucky, actually. On, on the Isle of Wight, um, there's only 130,000 people live there mm -hmm. most of the year. Um, we, uh, we trained in-house our distillers, sent them on courses, but basically none of them have been distillers before, mm -hmm. which again is a good thing. It's just starting with a blank sheet of paper. You can mold them into what you want. Mm -hmm. the, the marketing crew, we were very lucky. Um, Xavier and I were interviewing for a head of marketing and this gorgeous young lady walked in and said, my name's Ginny and in unison we said, you're hired. <laughs> so Ginny is our head of marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and her, her team is basically island-based. We have one marketing person off the island. We use agencies as well. We use a design company in London called Perfect Day. We use NPR around the world for our public relations. Oh. Um, but the basic core of, of the thing, everything from the guys on the bottling line to the drivers to marketing to the accounts, they're all like family. Mm -hmm. All of them like family. And I think over the eight years, we've lost one in dubious circumstances. We've yeah. lost a couple because they've moved off the island or, or like me, getting too old. But apart from that, we've kept the core mm -hmm. um, ever since we started. Okay. So what, I, what I'm hearing in that, because um, a lot of times... And, and this is something that I've heard from many different distillers um, when they're looking for talent. They're like trying to find that person out there that has all the skill set and trying to get them at a, you know, at a reduced price. Right? Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing from you is that you guys have focused on developing the talent, maybe bringing people in that didn't necessarily have the skill set, but That's investing true. in them. Um, uh, it is changing a little now as we grow, especially in my sales team around the world, you've got to employ people that you don't necessarily need to develop the skill yeah. set. They've got the basic skill set. They just need brainwashing into the way we do it, <laughs> as I'm, opposed to the way other people do it. Okay, yeah. I've never heard it put that way. Brain Brainwashing into Okay, all right. <laughs> I like it. Okay, we're going to move into a couple of rapid-fire questions, okay? Uh -oh. So I need to know. I, you just give me the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Uh, just remember I'm old. I don't rapid-fire very quickly. <laughs> I, I think you're going to hold your own. All right. These are pretty simple. So here's my first one for you. Neat on the rocks or cocktail? On the rocks. On the rocks. Okay. Oh. Closely followed by cocktail. Ah, okay. All right. Why on the rocks? We spend an awful lot of time and money and 
tasting, somebody has to do it. Yeah. To make sure that each batch we produce, it's still a small batch, uh -huh. technically, tastes the same as last week's and hopefully next week's and next year's and last year's. Um, the minute you get it home and add something, I know it's a necessary evil, but it changes the whole nature of the spirit. Yeah. That's why. So do you have, so going into the rocks, do you have a preferred rock? Is there preferred water that you use, a preferred size nope. or shape? Nope. Okay. Just right. ice cubes. Okay. All right. Now, my friends and colleagues in the, uh, the other half of the industry supplying us with tonics will probably shoot me for that. <laughs> One has to accept that a gin and tonic is a gin and tonic and that's a staple and not many people like me would drink it neat mm -hmm. or on the rock. So choosing the right tonic partners is also important. Mm. Okay, so that's the next question I want to ask you because you specialize in gin. So a gin and tonic, how do you garnish it? It depends which one you have. With the London Dry, the regular mermaid, it, it has uh, lemon zest in the distillation. It has rock samphire, which is a wild foraged botanical. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it is reasonably uh, lemony. So you're going to. So we add cucumber. Oh. Just takes the edge off the rock samphire. Goes okay. well with it. With the strawberry, obviously we add strawberries. With the zest, we garnish it with a slice of lemon and a sprig of rosemary, yeah. fresh rosemary. And so on, the vodka comes with lime, the spiced rum, which we don't sell in the States yet, comes with lime and a maraschino cherry. Okay. So you know, we're not the garnish police, but that's what we <laughs> recommend. It's preference. It's preference. I mean, a lot of bars won't have cucumber behind the bar, so they'll just use lemon. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, so you know, so so we are 2015. We're eight years mm. into the brand. Um, I want to ask you, what do you think the future holds for our, our industry? Let's just say the next five years. Um, we've grown so much just in this last eight years that since you guys started your distillery, so much has happened. Where do you think we're going in the next five? I it's, it, I think it's a mixed uh, forecast. Premium spirits uh, like ours buy premium, not necessarily any better than anybody else's, but packaged better, sold better, the brand image is better. We're, we're lucky over the eight years that we actually got international traction quite quickly. So we can sort of roll with the punches. Mm -hmm. uh, as long as we keep premiumizing it, keep producing something that people will buy with their eyes, and then buy the second and third bottle because they like it. That's the measure of our success. There's an awful lot. It's it's almost like the uh, every action has an opposite and equal. Yeah. Uh, so many small distillers, I, America, I don't know about, certainly in the UK and Europe, struggling because mm -hmm. they don't have the traction, they don't have the coverage to cover what has become ridiculous overheads they can't react quick enough um, so I, I think on the whole premium spirits good spirits well presented taste good I think the future is 
not as good as it was, but certainly not bad. Yeah. Uh, the, the worry is, you know, what happens to the little guys. A lot of friends of mine have stopped producing now just because the cost is uh, far more than they can afford and they can't afford like we can to maybe mitigate that with solar panels, for example, yeah. or heat pump technology or heat recovery technology. They don't have the capital to do it, mm -hmm. whereas we do and we are doing it. So that, that helps perversely the, the bigger brands more than the smaller brands. Okay. All right. So, you know, in, in closing, I want to ask you, um, I, I call this the, the cool closing question. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. I'll give it my best I just, shot. I just want to know what's the coolest thing that you're doing. At, at ADI, we're about education, we're about inspiration and innovation. Yeah. What's the coolest thing that you're doing at your distillery right now? Everything we do is cool. Yeah. No. Then this should be the, easy for you. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing I like about us is that we're not frightened of going out and talking to people. Mm. Um, I recently, in the eight years, and I've got a couple of other people doing it now with me, but I finished my 1,361st talk, presentation, and tasting session. Wow. Congratulations. And, and number one started with 10 people. So anything from 10 to 1,000 people. Wow. And if you can get your product in front of people, let them taste it, tell them the story, which is quite fun, um, and just make sure that you're constantly backing up the people that are putting it on the shelves. Mm -hmm. Too many brands get a contract, put it on the shelf, and you don't see them from one year to the next. Um, and I'm a firm believer in, in, yeah, it takes time and it's sometimes monumental hassle, mm -hmm. but it's got to be done. So the cool thing is getting in front of the customer, mm. be that a formal tasting, be it informal in a pub, be it um, at a festival. Yeah. Uh, it's just getting it out there, getting yourself out there, not relying 100% on the bottle. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's tremendous. I think that it is um, paramount to success, to, mm. which, which, and, and never forgetting who you serve, never forgetting to if to continue to touch your, your roots. The plant will die. Yeah. So I'm still. The other day, I came back from. I can't remember where I was now. Rome or somewhere. And as I, I went out to this exhibition in Rome, my secretary hung out the window. He said, do not be late. Do not miss your flight. Do not extend your stay. The day you get back, you've got one hour to prepare, and then you're in front of 20 people from the local women's institute. Mm -hmm. So I went from presenting 500 people in Rome to 18 ladies, and the first thing they said to me, and I walked in the church hall, is, would you like a cup of tea, dear? <laughs> and I love it, but that's your roots. Never forget your roots. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're fortunate that we're now global, but if you forget your roots, that dies. That's so, true. So how, as, as you get bigger, and as you get more successful, how, what do you do? What do you guys do to stay humble to stay focused on the roots and on your people well it's very easy um 
If you'd said to us eight years ago, we will be where we are now, we'd have laughed at you. Yeah. All of us. So it's it's been as much of a surprise to us as anybody else that we pulled it off. But having pulled it off, you you've got to remember it wasn't supposed to be like this. Mm-hmm. And if you keep that in mind, you know we're not geniuses. We just do what we do reasonably well. A couple of strokes of luck, learn by your mistakes, and uh, that that keeps you grounded. We are also of a certain age, so we're not actually. Uh, you know, uh, sprinters. Yeah, where you understand what's what's important. We've been around long enough yeah. um, to know what's important. I know it from both sides of the bar. Mm-hmm. Conrad knows it from both sides of alcohol production, spirit and wine. Zab's a brewer and a brilliant marketing guy. And, you know, he knows a lot of people. Okay. And it, it's funny things like that. You, you Actually, you just reminded me, you asked you the coolest thing we're doing. We're heavily supporting uh, Xavier, one of my partners, who's not here, but is in charge of the marketing and admin. He's rowing from the Canaries to Antigua. Three okay. of them in an open boat. Oh, wow. The Talisker Atlantic Challenge. So he sets off in December. Mm. With a bit of luck, we'll arrive in Antigua sometime at the end of January-ish, maybe. Um, and that's in support of our charities, which are seagrass, which are regeneration of um, of the Solent because we're in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's surfers against sewage, that sort of thing. So as a cool thing to do, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but, but he's doing it and it's, you know, a branded up mermaid boat. It's going to be great. Watch it. Mermaid Atlantic, it's called. The Mermaid Atlantic Challenge, three and a half thousand miles. Is there a website for that? Yeah, Mermaid Atlantic. Mermaid Atlantic Challenge. Check that. Okay, that is pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, Malcolm, you should have led with that. (laughs) That's a cool. (laughs) That's also crazy. But it's pretty cool. (laughs) Crazy for you and me, but yeah, Yeah, not for him. Wow. Well, this is this is this has been a blast, um, and I've really enjoyed sitting down with you. Uh, Where can if people want to work? with you guys um um they want to to purchase spirits yep. where's the best place for them to connect where's the best place for them to work in, with you in the u.s at the moment because we're still young and growing and naive and um all across the states any total wine and more store right across the states all 200 not of them carry mermaid mermaid zest and the mermaid pink in New York, which is the only state we supply direct through Blueprint Spirit, which is Union Beer in Brooklyn, they supply all the bars and hotels and retail in New York, New York State. Okay. Or drop me a line and then I can point you in the right direction if it's somewhere else in the world. 39 countries. 39 countries. Mm. Impressive. Listen, guys, we will have Mermaid's information all in the show notes. So you can reach out to Malcolm. You can reach out to Conrad. Uh, seven goals. <laughs> and seven, two souls. I, I wish to make it known. I'm not seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven golds. And. In case you guys forgot. <laughs> and. And two silvers. Okay. <laughs> This has been a blast. Better than bronze. 
Listen, guys, if you are not part of this amazing community, this story that Malcolm just shared with us all, remember, it started here at ADI. Yep. They came here. It started here. And look where they're at today. And they're still coming. They're still part of our community. And these are part of the, some of the great folks that you can meet when you're coming to ADI experiences or come to ADI events. And, um, yeah, we want to see you there. So make sure that you are liking this, you're sharing this, you are uh, um, being as, as much of a part of our community as possible so you can meet friends like, uh, like Malcolm over here. Thank you again for watching, guys. Remember, distilling.com. Get onto the forums. Make sure you're interacting with your other with with members and make sure that you're being part of your you are actively part of our community. We'll see you next time. As we conclude another episode of Voices of Distilling, we want to extend our deepest gratitude to you, our cherished listeners. Your support is the lifeblood of our show, and we are endlessly thankful for each and every one of you. If you've enjoyed our conversation today, please take a moment to rate and review our podcast. It truly helps others discover these spirited stories. And if you wish to further support our mission, consider becoming a member of the American Distilling Institute. As a member, you'll dive deeper into the world of distilling, gain access to exclusive content, be a part of our dynamic annual conference, and immerse yourself in a community where knowledge and passion converge. Visit our website, distilling.com, for more details on how you can benefit from membership and contribute to the vibrant tapestry of distilling. Until our glasses clink again, remember, every drop has a story, every voice a passion. Raise your glass and cheers to the heart of distilling. Mm -hmm.